Hey guys, welcome back to the Hunter's Quest. If you're new, thanks for joining us. If you've been here for a while, I appreciate your support. Um, today I'm coming at you with another kind of special episode here. Um, this is the audio only version of a TV episode that I did with Jana Waller. That's for the Hunter's Quest TV show on the Sportsman Channel, which if you have Sportsman Channel, you can check that out. Mondays at 11.30 a.m. Eastern and Saturdays at noon Eastern. And half the episodes in the first season here are hunt films and the other half are interview-based episodes with uh, great hunters and outdoorsmen in the space. And today, like I said, I'm with Jana Waller and we're watching a sheep hunt she did in Montana a couple years ago. And um, But it's more than about sheep hunting. It's really about once-in-a-lifetime tags and how to approach a, a big hunt you got coming up. So I think it's really apropos to a lot of guys who are preparing for hunts or headed out for big hunts that maybe you've been dreaming about and planning for a while. And with that comes a little bit of pressure and I've, that's something I've had to deal with in my you know career western hunting. Especially when there's a lot of travel and planning and stuff involved, you you build it up, you have this expectation and excitement, which you should, but it can create this weird pressure dynamic that can make it hard to enjoy the experience. So we kind of talk about that a little bit. Um, you know, for me, just coming back from Alaska, I feel like this spring on my bear hunt, I really learned that I was approaching the hunt the wrong way and looking at it as something to achieve, accomplish, and kind of check that box and get it done, as opposed to just enjoying the experience. And that kind of messed the hunt up for me, really, and just kind of made it just not as enjoyable as it could be. So I was really intentional about just enjoying my time on this last hunt in Alaska, and it went so much better, and I just really was able to enjoy the whole thing. So I hope this speaks to you if you're in that boat. Uh, either way, it's a great conversation with Jana, and um, you know, like I said, if you have Sportsman Channel, check out the show because this is a really cool episode. Um, anyway, um, please go ahead and check out my YouTube channel as well. Um, after my hunts air on TV, I'm gonna put out director's cuts on my YouTube channel. Right now, I have uh, last year's antelope hunt on my YouTube channel, which is an awesome episode. We fill two antelope two tags in two days. And uh, it's a Wyoming public land 0.100% draw tag. So I know a lot of you guys dream of doing a Western hunt. I'm telling you, you can pull off a pronghorn hunt. So watch that episode. Or if you're heading out for one, it'll inspire you. Um, either way. And, you know, if you guys have questions about uh, hunting out West, getting started, antelope hunting, I know a lot of people. I have resources um, shoot me a message on Instagram at the Hunter's Quest, and um, you know while you're there, give me a follow. Again, I'm gonna keep saying it, but please subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. Really trying to grow that audience, and leave me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Um, the last thing I want to mention is I just want to say thanks to my uh, partners. Um, specifically, right now, I want to say thanks to Barnes Bullets, Seekins Precision. Loophole optics, loophole optics, excuse me, uh, CVA muzzle loaders and Onyx Hunt. And lastly, 
just recently became a Mountain Ops ambassador. I know a lot of you guys use their products. I've been using them for years, and I know you have a choice when it comes to using different people's discount codes, but if you like what I'm doing here, you want to support the show and save some money, please use the code QUEST at Mountain Ops. You can also use the code QUEST at Heather's Choice if you want to get some great backcountry meals for the rest of your hunting season. But thanks again to my partners. Um, I appreciate you guys. You know, also, if you don't have Onyx Maps yet, it is the gold standard as far as GPS. You know, it's got property lines, public, private boundaries, everything you need to know, and much, much more is available through Onyx, including, excuse me, including e-learning, um, just a ton of resources they have. And you can also use that code QUEST at Onyx to sign up and you will also be helping support the show and be getting a great product and saving some money. So thanks to my partners. I appreciate y'all's support. And let's jump into this episode here with Jana Waller talking about once in a lifetime tags. Enjoy. When I found Western hunting, it changed the course of my entire life. It pushed me, mind, body, and spirit to become a better hunter and ultimately a better human. This is my quest. This is your quest. This is The Hunter's Quest. Welcome to The Hunter's Quest. This is your host, Hunter McWaters, and today I am joined by the lovely Jana Waller. How are you doing? I'm great. It's so great to be here and talking with you again. I know. It's, it's awesome. Thank you so much for taking some time to uh, to sit down and talk. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Anytime. Anytime I get a chance to talk about hunting, I'm in. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, um, if you guys have been watching Sportsman Channel for any length of time, you probably recognize Jana. Um, she's kind of a, I don't know, OG Sportsman Channel, OG or so. You guys ran for what, like nine seasons on yep. Sportsman, right? Yep. Not, Skullbone ran nine seasons on Sportsman's Channel. Um, and then I'm in the fifth season now in Skullbone Chronicles on Carbon. Cool. And um, also been a guest on my podcast, the Hunter's Quest podcast. So if you want to hear a little bit more of Jana's backstory and kind of what she's been up to lately, you can go check out that episode. We have a good long conversation. Um, but today we're actually going to be talking about your Montana sheep hunt, right? Right, right. Probably in my you know 30 plus years of big game hunting, one of the most incredible experiences of my life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, most people that kind of have done any researching into Western hunting, you know, you start to realize that um, sheep is one of those extremely sought after tags that is very hard to come by. I wanted to kind of talk to you about this hunt because, you know, it's it's kind of relatable to guys who maybe they're starting their journey to come out west to hunt for the first time or, or looking to do so. And, um, you know, maybe they have a elk hunt or, or something planned or a big mule deer hunt planned a few years out. And, you know, that might be their kind of once in a lifetime hunt. So in your unit, there was two tag holders that had any sheep or any That's ram? That's correct. And I believe they were any sheep. Like okay. they could have even taken a ewe. And then you had the had to be a three-quarter curl. Or better, correct. I or had the better. mature ram take, yep. And three-quarter curl, you start at the base of the, the horn as it, as it curls down and draw an angle to it. Um, yeah. And it's got to be past that. So kind of back to, and this can be related to anybody who's, you know, um, looking into hunting a new species. Like, I think it's always a great idea to 
Really do your homework, learn as much as you can about the species, their biology, their life cycle, you know. I think it makes you a better hunter when you get out there. So, but what are some of the things that you did specifically for this hunt to prepare? Because like we said, it's a, it's a big, you know, it's a big uh, opportunity. I studied, I, first off, I studied the terrain um, through the Onyx 3D layer, um, mm. which on your laptop is awesome. It's kind of like you're flying from above. You can actually pinch it and move the terrain around. You yes. can tell how steep it is. You can measure distances like, okay, if we happen to go up into this canyon and there's sheep there and I'm on the opposite side, is that, you know, 400 yards or is that a thousand yeah. yards? You know, it can be really hard to tell. The 3D layer is perfect for that. So I did a lot of scouting yeah. that way. I also yeah. talked to a bunch of sheep hunters and also um, I'm a member of the Wild Sheep Foundation. So oh, cool. there's great resources there. Um, great people they can hook you up with, to chat with, to, that have maybe hunted Montana or videos. And I work out throughout the course of the year uh, just so I can always be in shape and go hunting on the drop of a hat. Mm -hmm. But um, did a bit of extra Stairmaster, extra quad <laughs> builders. Um, yeah. I put on my pack and hiked my neighborhood a ton in August with Laura just to really get those back muscles ready. Mm -hmm. I've, I've tried a lot and you just can't replicate that in a gym like you just have to put on a heavy backpack and go hike somewhere i agree i don't think there's anything that mimics because you know Not exactly you can be on a treadmill and you can have weight in your pack and it helps if that's all you've got for now that it's great but right. your feet are always turning and twisting and you're catching yourself mm -hmm. and the weight's different when you're going up the hill and yeah there's nothing better than hitting the mountains for for true training i know you said like the beginning of the hunt um, you guys spent a few days camping in the unit and, um, <clears throat> I've always found that even if you're, even if it's like, um, like an antelope hunt, for example, um, where it's not like a backcountry hunt, like you're going to be doing a lot of driving and stuff like that. But if you can get in there and camp, um, it just gives you a leg up on the competition because, and just relating to my experience with antelope hunting, you know, a lot of guys will roll into the unit 9, 9.30 cause they've been staying in town or whatever. Um, but when you're out there, you just kind of, you're the first one on the glassing knob. You're you're kind of just living it and you never know. I mean, something could walk right next to your camp too. So um, I always found that's, that's uh, a great way to kind of up your odds. Did you guys do much of that or were you doing a lot of day hunts or kind of a combination of both? Um, in the beginning, like I said, we spent four days camping out there, and then um, then it was blocks of time of when we could get down there. And in those first four days, I think we we had I might get my numbers wrong thirty nine ewes, uh, two young rams, no mature rams, and one lamb. Hmm. Seems like every hunt has kind of a low point, uh, that moment where you're like, I just don't know if I'm going to get this done. So what was that low point for you on this hunt? And what were you feeling? No questions asked, day number 13, because Heath and I decided to hike way up to the top of a mountain and we were glassing and like two canyons over in this one little spot of the hillside where the snow had melted off, I thought I saw two sheep, but it was so far away, they could have been deer. I mean, it was really hard to see. And yeah. we, we thought, let's go for it. And so we hiked on the ridge. We got all the way over there. We took our packs off, we're glassing, and I found the exact like big downed tree that I knew they were by. So I knew we were in the right area. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I hear he, pss, pss, and he pointed and over, he's scrambling with his camera. I had my gun and pack set down and there's a ram and a ewe looking at us about 200 yards away. So mm. I scrambled to get my gun. They duck behind the trees. I'm waiting for him to see if I can see them come back out. 
we, when they never came out, we ran around and this side had snow. So we're like, okay, we, we can find them. There's tracks. We, yeah. There were tracks all over there, deer, elk, sheep. We never saw, and they just disappeared. And it, like I said, it's heavily timbered. And so that yeah. was to me, definitely the low of the hunt that we spotted a ram. Where did he go? Why is he alone? Yeah. And it just was, and the next day, day number 14, we never saw one sheep. Wow. Didn't even so how are you feeling in that moment? I was feeling a bit pressure, not pressure of I've got to get a great ram. I, I, I just, I needed to get a mature ram. I'm typically not, I'm not a trophy chaser. I, everybody mm-hmm. likes to, you know, shoot big things, me included, but I didn't, I didn't care how, you know, if it was record book, I just wanted a be, I had to take a beautiful mature ram. And uh, so the days were ticking. I was starting to feel the pressure. Yeah. Kind of relating this back to guys who uh, maybe are coming out west. It's not a sheep hunt necessarily, but it still might be, you know, a trip they've been dreaming, planning for years. And there does come with that this um, this sense of pressure. It's kind of unfortunate because um, you're taking a positive experience and kind of like adding some pressure that, I wish it wasn't there, but it's just part of the equation because, you know, hunting, there's no guarantees, you know, and we, as hunters, we all want to be successful and, and notch that tag, but you don't want to let it go so far that it ruins your whole hunt. So how, how did the kind of the pressure of this big, important tag um, affect the dynamic of this hunt versus maybe other hunts you've been on? That's a great question. Um, it's also why... What you just explained is also why I tell people why hunting is so good for kids, because it really reflects life. Really, life's unpredictable. We're all going to experience tough times, difficult times, times we want to give up. Um, You know, and yet hunting teaches patience and perseverance, hard work, um, you know, the spectrum of emotions. And every day was special. Even days I didn't see sheep we're special and try to find the positive is in them. You know, hey, I'm in the mountains. Any day in the mountains is a better day than in the office. Um, You're in the mountains, you've got your health. I am one of those people who really do believe everything happens for a reason. If I wasn't able to take out, you know, there's bigger problems in the world. You know, Uh, one of the things I've learned and try to carry with me is that, you know, everything does happen for a reason, even tragedy and, and some things, sometimes when you look at something and you think, why is this happening to me? Really, it's happening for you, and it turns out to be a gift. And so I try really hard to remember that. Yeah, it's definitely important. You got to um, keep the perspective, like you're saying. Like, remember, you know, this is just a hunt. You know, I'm not here for fun. You know, because if you are stressing it the entire time and putting all this crazy pressure on yourself, you're not going to enjoy the experience. So just trying to keep the perspective. And I've had to learn this myself, you know, through tough hunts and stuff. But um, you know, keeping per- that perspective, enjoying the experience, um, and just kind of having fun with it. If every hunt was a guarantee, it wouldn't even be fun. We would, no. I mean, you would probably quit after like two years if you like knew you're going to kill some every time. Oh yeah, exactly. They can't all be like that. And, yeah. uh, but I always try to live in the moment, live in the day and be grateful for whatever's thrown at me. Let's really quick watch this sequence when you get your ram together and um, feel free to interject or make Talk. comments or anything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's my gun, and there I am on the other side of that knob. <laughs> <laughs> they always pop out when you're not by your gun, don't they? I tell you, 
It, oh, there he and is. that's exactly in my mind's eye what I saw because Heath's filming. Uh-huh. And I look up and saw that big, beautiful skylined ram. And I'm like, oh, see, I am behind the bush right there thinking, do I go for it? Yeah. Yeah. You just got that big muscular neck and. <sighs> They're so cool. I mean, he's a pretty good ram too, isn't he? Yeah, he's beautiful. I mean, he's not hes not a book ram, but he's beautiful. he uh, I haven't had him officially scored, but hes I'm really proud of him. Yeah. So you ran over there. Yeah. And he's, did he did he did he get curious or I personally think he is looking around for yous. I think he is in the moment, as you say, as you know, like two yeah. o'clock bar time. He's looking around for gotcha. the ladies. And I think which obviously we all know hunting deer and elk and antelope in the rut, when they're when they're rutting, you know, that's the best time because they're not clearly using their all their senses. And yes. so whether he was just rut crazed or didn't know what I was or mm-hmm. what, I, I was thankful that I was able to get away with that much movement. So you run over there and that is actual footage of you running yes. over there, isn't yes. it? Yes. <laughs> yeah, Heath had, Heath's really, he's good. He's always got either a DJI in his hand with his other camera or the GoPro yeah. running or, yeah. Yeah, he's the. Uh, You're yeah, like, oh, get the gun, get the gun. Yeah, and he's got, you know, why he, this is zoomed in a lot. He had his wide angle lens sure. on. He knew the Ram was still in the frame of the big camera. And, you know, that's, people who don't film their hunts might not understand the added pressure there. You know, oh, and yeah. Heath too. There's a lot of pressure on Heath to just film this. Oh yeah. And okay, so you you take the frontal shot, which yeah, I do want to ask you about because yeah. I I shot several animals this year with the frontal shot. I think mm-hmm. it's extremely deadly. I was even talking to one of my friends about it too. It's like it's kind of like, it's a smaller target, but it's almost like you either hit and they're dead or you miss completely. Whereas when they're broadside, you can hit far, way far back and gut shoot them or something. I think, you know, as long as you are confident and you're in your effective range, that frontal shot is super deadly. Yeah, especially with a rifle. I mean, I'm an archer yeah. as well. I'm not going to take that shot frontal. I have friends who have and have had success with it. I'm not going to do that. Um, but yeah, frontal shot. I've taken frontal shots actually on bears, deer, uh, never on an elk. I felt solid. Uh, I, I felt he wasn't moving. It was only 140 yards. Distance plays a lot to me. I'm not going to take a frontal mm-hmm. shot much farther than that. I think it was five seconds and his feet were in the air. So. Oh, wow. All right, so here, let's just watch it together real quick. Okay. You're trying to get the safety off of those gloves. I'm like, God, take the gloves off. I, I have watched this clip literally thousands of times, and it uh-huh. just, it still makes the hair on my arms raise. It was so incredible when i looked up and saw him it felt like a dream like because you know we'd been living in this mountain for 17 days and it was it is such a gift it was such a gift to see this ram yeah and he's all skylined and close Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and it's such a um it's a combination like you're saying it's joy i do believe there's some kind of like ancient 
reward system in your brain of like you just secured food for the month. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. definitely yeah. playing into something. Um, you know, it's a relief, kind of that pressure. You did it. It's it's kind of oh, you can take a deep breath. It's such an uh, amazing feeling. Yeah, and I can honestly say that. And I've been on some amazing adventures in my whole life, but. At that moment, Heath comes running over to me, and we just were both crying. We, it was one of the greatest days of hunting I I know that I will ever have. It was just incredible to have all the hard work come to fruition. That that it was a do-it-yourself hunt, and you know, halfway into it, I'm thinking, oh, you know, maybe I should have spotters out here for me. Maybe I made a mistake. You know, maybe you just second guess yourself. And where are all the rams? Where did they go? Um, you know, what are we doing wrong? And uh, when it all came to fruition and I saw hit that ram's legs up in the air, like it was one of the greatest feelings I've ever had. And I feel sorry for people who don't understand what that's like. It's hard to explain. It's really hard to explain. Like here I am teary-eyed again, and I've talked about it thousands of times. <laughs> and it's just, it was overwhelming joy. And just, we did it. We did it. I kept saying that to Heath. We did it. We did it. Like I said, when I'm, I've got my, gloves wrapped around his beautiful big bases. And I said, I'm so glad that we had to work so hard at it. And it was, it's true. You're not glad in the moment when it's hard, <laughs> but when right. a hunt comes to fruition and it was so hard and challenging. And I, on that flip side of that, I've had hunts go down in day one and they're exciting, but it's kind of like, eh, you know, yeah. now it's over already. It wasn't, it's never as rewarding as uh -huh. when you have to work so hard for it. Yeah, for sure. that same thing happened on my deer hunt this year. Like, I almost shot a nice one the first day, and man, I'm so glad that it didn't happen until day five or six. Um, such a great thing of accomplishment. Um, whether it's a sheep and you're an experienced Western hunter like yourself, or, you know, like for me a couple of years ago, taking my family out on the first antelope hunt I'd ever taken people out with me on and like led the trip. and. Um, you know, totally different spectrum there of game species, but um, that feeling of accomplishment of, um, you know, I e-scouted this, I figured this out, we came out here, I did this myself, like I used my skills, I learned, I adapted, I figured out such an amazing experience that I think more people need to get out and, um, and, and try, to get, try to get that feeling, you know, on these amazing public lands we have access to. Absolutely. There's a lot of public land opportunities in a lot of different states that are over-the-counter tags. And I'm trying to encourage people to branch out, maybe get outside of their comfort zone of whitetails, for example. Yeah. And even if you, whether whether it's bear or antelope hunt or something like that, you know, get, get one of these species where it's easy to get a tag. They're not super expensive. Um, you can do it DIY and go out there and have fun. And you know, if it's your first hunt and you don't fill a tag, who cares? Like you had an amazing Western adventure and you know, your chances of succeeding on the next one are gonna be astronomically higher, just having that experience that you can build on. Every single hunt I ever go on, I'm still learning. I feel like I'm still, totally. there, there's never a ceiling. We all still learn and grow and, and mis make mistakes. And yeah, every, every single opportunity out there is only going to make you stronger, not just in your hunting skills, but I think in life. 100%, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Western hunting, I'd say, it, I don't wanna sound cliche, but like, it literally changed my life. Like it made me, made me a better person because just, just getting out there, I don't know, feeding that, whatever that primal urge and, um, you know, getting in better shape and 
just having to learn new skills and apply them, um, you know, it, it, it probably sounds very strange to a non-hunter, um, but yeah, it's it really can be life-changing. Well, I can certainly say that sometimes I, I, I look around and I cannot believe that five decades have already gone by in my life. Life is short, it's so short. And if you don't start planning, start taking steps to plan adventures, things you wanna do, um, you know, whether it's a hunt or some other type of hiking, skydiving, whatever type of adventure, life is short and you've got to take the steps to kind of plan them. And nowadays with the technology that we have, whether it's Onyx, um, you know, mapping systems, Garmin's, whatever, it's not like you have to, you know, our, our, our dad's gotten out the old map and rolling them across the hood of your truck and trying to figure out where you're going. Um, there's tools now that make public land hunting so much easier. There's mm -hmm. tools online to help you put in for those tags in out of state. Is that a good unit? Is that, what are my draw odds there? There are so many resources to help you plan your own out of state hunt that I would just tell people to start taking those steps, either putting in for the tags or checking into states that are over the counter and then start doing your research and plan it, make it happen, do it. There's there's really no reason why you can't in today's day and age. If it's a budget issue, then put aside a little bit every single month, maybe start a different account in your in your bank and put a little bit of, of, of over there till that adds up to where you can go, but it's definitely achievable for anybody. For sure, and just getting out of your comfort zone will just yeah. not only make you a better hunter, but a better person, I think. Absolutely, there are so many skills in hunting that translate to real life. 100%. Well, thanks again, Jana. This has been really fun talking to you. I hope we can, uh, you know, this is our second time talking. We haven't actually met in person yet, but hopefully soon we can we can meet up. I appreciate you uh, coming on the show today. Oh, it's been my pleasure. And hopefully, uh, yeah, our paths hopefully will cross soon. <laughs> I'm sure they will. Thanks again, Jana.